1: energetic, effective prayer comes from those who are righteous before God because they know how to pray. You know, this is why we need the Bible and prayer together. We can't have one without the other, and we tend to do that. We tend to live our lives as believers in Christ, and we grow in faith just leaning on one side, maybe just reading the Bible or just praying. They go hand in hand. How do you know how to pray? Read your Bible.
0: Have you ever tried to lose weight by just working out, but not changing your diet? Or maybe you just changed your diet, but never worked out. You can't get the best results by doing one, but not the other. As Pastor Eddie points out, prayer and the Bible are the same way. Not only do you need to pray consistently, but you must also read your Bible consistently. You learn how to pray effectively by reading your Bible regularly. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of James chapter 5 as he continues his message, The Prayer of Faith.
1: What is more important, to be healed physically or to be healed Spiritually, spiritually. Spiritually. Once physical health doesn't make that person right with God. You can die in a car crash, God forbid, and you could be physically healthy. But if you're not right with God, you would not enter the kingdom of heaven. You, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And there is a spiritual sickness that we can get where we, that's why many have left the faith. That's how come many are struggling spiritually it's because there's a spiritual sickness and that's the language that, We see in the Old Testament, New Testament. As a matter of fact, when it comes to salvation, one can be healed in a sense, spiritually healed, not physically. Spiritually healed to the sense where they have salvation. How do we know that? One of the greatest verses in the Old Testament that points to the Messiah, Jesus, by the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 53. What does it say in Isaiah 53, verse 5? It says, but he was wounded for our transgression. There's the Messiah, He was bruised for our iniquity. And the chastisement for our peace was upon Him. And by His stripes we are healed. We're healed. We have salvation. And so the Bible now is filled with many, many verses about physical healing. We know that. We see Jesus heal people. There's so many passages. About scriptures, it talks about healing physically, and God is still healing. And don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to, you know, say, okay, well, no, God is not no, God still heals, God still performs miracles. I see it all the time. God is powerful. It doesn't matter what the doctors say, it doesn't matter what they diagnose you with. God sits on the throne, and nothing is impossible for God. And I've seen many people get healed. And God is still in the business of healing. And again, there are many passages of scriptures. However, this doesn't seem to fit the view that I've myself up to yesterday. I would say even before the other week, cause it made me think <laughs> throughout the week, but this week and I'm marking it in my calendar, <laughs> that I, this is what I taught. And this is what I believed it to be because I looked at it on the surface. I, you know, some of my favorite preachers and teachers kind of taught this until I look deeper into it. We fi- I find that the second view seems to fit. And so Understand this, listen, our battle is not with flesh and blood, is it? it? Is not. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. It said, but we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers and of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. And we deal with that every day, especially the more we're on our knees, the enemy hates that. And so we can get weary with spiritual battles. We have spiritual warfare. It puts, we get weary. We get drained. We get distressed. And we get to the point where we lose hope in the suffering. We do not persevere. We do not trust the Lord. We don't go to the Lord first when, verse 13, when James says, if you are suffering, let him pray, right? We go to others, you know, we, we go to others. We don't go to the Lord on our knees in our suffering, And what happens? We become become weary, we we become spiritually sick to the point where it says at the end of verse 15, if there's any sin, we get to the point where we drift away and it's dangerous. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33, these things I have spoken to you that in me you would have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And so we could suffer through tribulation we become weary. And so as we live our lives for Christ, when we suffer, when we become weak, distressed, what happens? We need to be restored. We need to come to the elders. We need to come to one another. And again, it's not only the elders that can actually pray for you, by the way. You know, God didn't say, I'm only giving the elders some power to heal people. <laughs> That's not the way it works. What happens is, it's to a point where they need spiritual counseling at, the, at that point, when they need to be encouraged. Because, some, you know, we have people that want to tickle the ears, right? And we have friends. They may mean good, but they really do more damage, right? The proverb says, you know, uh, you know wounds from a friend are better than a kiss from the enemy. Okay? You, do, you want people to tell you the truth. And if I fear the Lord and I have shepherded responsibility, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. And so I say, you need to get back. I know you're suffering. I know you're weary. I know you you need to get back. Let me pray for you. And let's use the oil and, and and be obedient to the word of God. And we pray that you be restored spiritually. Again, we're gonna, you know, there's nothing wrong if we pray for you physically and use the oil. There's nothing wrong with that. And we'll continue to do that. But understand, I'm just being, I want to be faithful to the Lord, I want to be faithful to the text. I spent hours, a whole day, half a day of this. A whole day would be exaggerating, but half a day. And so I know, you know, I would love to keep it the first view because that's what I've learned up to all my life. I'm in my 50s now. If you guess my age, you get a piece of cake. Just kidding. <laughs> but I've been studying this for a long time, and that's what I've always believed. But if I'm going to present it to you, I'm not, I, I feel convicted to share in the way that I've studied it We looked at the Greek words, we looked at this in context, and James is using words, though it might be in the English language, that we would use for physical sickness, we understand that he's using words that are used for spiritual sickness, those that are weary. So that's my view. Um, Don't argue with me at the end, (laughs) okay? Uh, That's my view. It's not going to change. I'm not going to force it on you. We still agree to disagree, agreeably. Amen? All right, The, sec- the- so he wants us to pray for three things. Number one, we're to pray when we are suffering, verse 13. Pray for those who are weary, those who are at the nails in verses 14 and 15. And thirdly, we're to pray for each other. We pray for each other. Look at verse 16. He said, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Again, this is in context with everything else. But now we see that James shifts to the third person, the third person. James is the first person. He's been, and then he's so far, he's been writing about another person, the second person. Now he's speaking to the third person. That's you confess your sins to one another, confess your sins and the confessing to one another, James, right? Because the reality, we need to confess these sins. Because what happened, secret sin is dangerous. Secret sin is dangerous. It can kill you. And again, this is I, that's why I believe it falls in the spiritual uh, sickness here. And so we're to confess it to one another. It doesn't mean that if you don't confess with one another, you're not gonna be forgiven. That's not what he's saying here. But that once you reveal it, you expose it, you confess it to one another, that's what God wants you, then there will be healing in your life. That's the reality. Because, listen, Jesus already forgave you for your sins at the cross. The sins you committed in your B.C. days before Christ, the sins you committed for the time when you accepted the Lord, and even the sins after that. Okay, we're not sinners in that we practice sin, but we do mess up, don't we? James says if we if we sin, confess our sins to the Lord and he is faithful to forgive us. He's writing to Christians. So we do sin, but we don't practice sin. If there is something in your life that you're practicing that's private, confess it. Find someone you trust. Don't share with everybody and make sure you're careful who you share it with. People you trust. People you trust. So listen, I'm dealing with this. You don't have to get details. Just keep me in prayer. Can we have accountability in one another? We We want to be faithful to the text here. Confess your trespasses, your sin to one another and pray for one another. Why? That you might be healed. Okay? Healed spiritually. And when he goes on to say at the end of verse 16, the effective Fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now, the masculine pronouns are not clearly speaking to a man, but men in general, people, man or woman, okay? And so the effective prayer, what it means, the person that effectively prays uh, with righteousness before the Lord has great power as they continue to pray. And what does that do? That produces fruit. That helps those that are in need, those that are sick spiritually, those that are struggling, those that are sinning. James is closing his letter. He's not trying to say, Oh, please get go to the gym every day, please. I see you. I'm gonna see you, heaven. Work out those abs. No, he's worried about the spiritual health. He's worrying that make sure you have any sins, confess them. If you're weary, Athenaeus. Let's pray for that. The The effective prayer of a righteous man, uh, here the word effective in the Greek is uh, egenio, which we get the word energy. And it's important because those that are righteous before God, that doesn't mean that God doesn't listen to all the prayers, but those that are righteous and they're fervent in their prayer will be effective because Weak prayers come from weak people. Strong prayers come from strong people. Energetic, effective prayer comes from those who are righteous before God because they know how to pray. You know, this is why we need the Bible and prayer together. We can't have one without the other, and we tend to do that. We tend to live our lives as believers in Christ, and we grow in faith just leaning on one side, maybe just reading the Bible or just praying. They go hand in hand. How do you know how to pray? Read your Bible. There are so many examples of prayer. Read your Bible. Well, how do I understand the Bible? Pray. Very simple. It go hand in hand. You know, one, it was a woman that asked uh, Charles Spurgeon, what is more important, prayer or the Bible? He asked her this, what is better, inhaling or exhaling? We inhale and exhale. We need both, right? The body does both spiritually. Prayer in the Bible does the same thing. And so, after commanding us to pray for three things, James now gives us examples of those who prayed in faith. Because it's about prayer in faith. And that's in verses 17 and 18. Let's look at verse 17. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And I'm glad James wrote that because we tend to see that, uh, tend to think that some of these Old Testament saints are superheroes. <laughs> you know, that they're not, they're not mortal. They're like, oh, 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 they land from heaven. Here's Noah. Oh, here's Moses. You know, you know, <laughs> if they had pants, they put it on one leg at a time. They're just like us. He said, they're just natural, just like we are. It's just like you and I. God shows no partiality to anyone, so he's not going to listen to Moses' prayer more than yours. Shows no partiality to no one. But here he points out the prophet Elijah. He was human like us. He had weaknesses like us, failing like us. Notice that he is using, like he's just like us. So in context, he could be spiritually sick too, right? But he's just like us. So he prayed, and it says, and you find that in 1 Kings chapter 18, the story when he prayed for rain. He gives the example. Verse 17, it says, Eliza was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. I wish we could do that for snow, but <laughs> it's not going to work. I like the snow, by the way. So I'm praying. When it snows a lot, it's because I'm praying. Just kidding. (laughs) And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months, three and a half years. Interesting. There's a pattern of three and a half years, right? In the book of Revelation, right? And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. The same God that heard the prayer of Elijah. It's the same God that hears all of our prayers. And so, verse 13, and 18, the prayer of faith. Now he ends uh, the epistle in verses 19 and 20. He calls out for those, again, who are who are just uh, wanderers. They, they're, they're kind of believers that are kind of backsliding, if you will. Why? Because they suffer. They've been through a lot. Again, James is writing. The first reader of the epistle of James was suffering Christians. They were extremely persecuted. And so many of them were suffering. They were weary. And many of them had gone away. Now he's talking about how to get back spiritually healthy. But there are those that, you know, he ended verse 15. If there's any sin, let the pray for them that they might be, right, and healed. But here he continues on. There's some that actually wander away. You see how a spiritual sickness can can do to one? And so he encouraged us to, to bring him back because if we have love for one another, we care for one another. If you know of someone that's not following the Lord anymore and you do absolutely nothing, I would question your love for that person. I would question whether or not, and I would ask myself, I'm not going to, when I say I question, I'm not that I'm going to judge you. I want you to ask yourself, do you really love that person? Are you following the great, you know commandment that Jesus gave, love one another and that love Jesus said, love one another as I loved you, how much has Christ loved us he died on the cross. we're t- talking about talking about going out of your way. he he went all the way for us. So we see someone we we care for we we love one another, we care for one another, we pray for one another. and if one is wondering, he says in verse 19 in verse 19 he says, Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know, verse 20, that he who turns a sinner from the air of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. It's important. You know, it, I always pray to the Lord Say, Lord, I want to love people more and more and more and more. And no matter where I am at that point in my life as a believer or even as a pastor, Lord, I want to love them as you love them. And that's impossible. But that's what Jesus says. And we need to pray and make sure that we love people more and more and more and more to the point where it should break our hearts when we see someone that is not following the Lord anymore, that has suffered, that have grown weary, and now they have sinned and now they're walking away. And that's the pattern we see here in context of the scripture. And I, I pray that you pray for that as well. We need to. We need each other. We need each other. That's why the, you know, the rite of Hebrews says, do not forsake the gathering of the saints. Why? Because we pray and encourage one another. It's not going to happen through live stream. It's really not. I'm like 50-50 with that. <laughs> Some people think that church could be like Netflix. Put it on and there you go. Meanwhile, they go out of their way to go to the gym. They go out of their way to go to a movie or to, to the park or go on a vacation. But when it comes to church, ah. Uh, and the reason why we do that, we encourage one another. And so you can be sure that when we bring back those that have wandered back to the Lord, that person is safe from, from death and the forgiveness of sins, many sins, when we do that. We bring them to the Lord where they repent of their sins. And so encourage not for you to be a hero. <laughs> you get the pat on the back. The more you love people, And the more you allow God to use you to bring people closer to him and those that are drifting away, the more God is going to bless you. And that's one thing I know is when we are so minded about the Lord and others, God is mindful of you in that he blesses you. (laughs) I can't tell you how God always blesses my family and I, not because Listen, we're not better than you. We're not holier than you. But you know what? When you put things in perspective, you put things in priority, and you put God first and people others, God will bless you. God will bless you. And I've seen that in my life over and over and over again where I focus on God and the ministry. Seek ye the kingdom first and his righteousness and all things, not some of the things, all things will be added to you. All things. You care for others, God is going to bless. You bless others, God is going to bless you more. Because God can trust you with stuff. He can trust you with with wealth. He can trust you with a lot of things. If you honor God with it and you don't hold on to it and you bless others, God's going to say, I can trust my servant. I said, why do you get so much stuff? I don't know. I keep getting rid of it and I get tenfold. (laughs) That's the way God works. And it's not only material things, it's also serving others to the point where you're serving them and they're getting closer to the Lord. And and God sees that. Psalms 32 verse 1, and I'll leave you with this. We close our study of the book of James. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. That's only by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so, congratulations, you have finished the study of the book of James. Don't forget the theme of James. We went through five chapters for a total of 108 verses, and we studied it all. We looked at it, we dissected, it, <laughs> kept it in context. We looked at Greek uh Hebrew words, Greek words, we looked at the culture, we looked at the background. But the main theme of the book of James is in James chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. It says. James write this, Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by works. Again, it's not talking faith unto salvation. It's just showing that you are a believer and that you live by faith and, and the fruit of your faith in Christ Jesus is the reason will show in, in everything you do as far as your fruit. You have faith in Christ? Yes, I can see it. I can see how you love the Lord, you serve the Lord, you're ministering the gospel, you're praying for others, you're caring for others. Wow, yes, that is faith. That's the evidence of your faith in Christ Jesus. And so it is a faith that works. I'm
0: You've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie. Pastor Eddie's been digging into the book of James. This book is like a giant mirror that forces you to take a good look at the true you, challenging you to reflect, in actions, what you talk about on a daily basis. It's not enough to make a statement of faith. It must be lived out. Do you struggle with matching your behavior with your beliefs? We'd be honored to come alongside you in prayer. Won't you call or email us? All the contact information can be found on our website, runningtheraceradio.com. Again, that's runningtheraceradio.com. Running the Race is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Milford. Here's Jessica to tell you more about how you can partner with us beyond listening to our programs.
2: We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, Visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the back to homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com.
0: Thanks, Jessica. If you're in the area, we'd love to have you come visit us. Service times and directions are on runningtheraceradio.com. Thank you for listening to this edition with Pastor Eddie and Running the Race.